From KCRW, this is Nocturne. Okay, so my husband likes um, chicken franchise. Chinese. Sometimes I'll get lasagna. Sushi. Or... Usually Indian food. Indian. To get a Italian hero. Italian sometimes. Tiramisu for dessert. Uh, diner food. And if we order in Chinese, we'll probably get some wonton soup, maybe an egg roll, perhaps a shrimp dish with rice. Yes, I get food delivered to my apartment all the time. We get food delivered to our apartment uh, several times a week. There's a place right downstairs, so I really shouldn't order from them, but I do. (laughs) Only when I'm really, really lazy, yeah. It's very shameful, I probably shouldn't have said anything, but yeah. (laughs) The Italian food is really hot. Um, The Chinese food is not as hot. It could be that Italian food um, just stays hotter longer than, than Chinese food. If I'm ordering in, I'm yeah, it's usually kind of like critical mass, work too late, you know, got home late, starving to death. If you just had a long day and don't feel like going out, or if you're just, you know, at home reading a book and you don't want to be, like, interrupted by other people, it's nice to just be able to not be bothered. Uh, sometimes it arrives too soon. Sometimes we, it arrives and you're not ready for it. Literally, sometimes it'll be five minutes and you have no idea how they were able to prepare it and get it over to you that fast. Other times, you wonder what the hell is taking so long. Quite honestly, as far as I'm concerned, delivery food is never as good as having it in the restaurant. Somehow it possibly absorbs some of the containers' tastes, or it just doesn't come as hot. It's just been sitting for a, a while, and then... You still have to put it on plates. Really? I mean, you could eat it from the cart? Yeah, I guess there are people that eat it from the cart, and I never quite thought to do that. Thank you for listening to this KCRW podcast. In case you don't know us, KCRW is public radio in Los Angeles, bringing the best of NPR to Southern California. We're also known for our own brand of bold and innovative programming, evocative storytelling, taste-making music, and audio documentaries that are little movies for your ears. You can join our community to support this show and others, or make a one-time donation just to say thank you. Find out more at kcrw.com join. If you're not a New Yorker, you might not know that there's a certain pride taken in how hectic and alive the city is. Die-hard New Yorkers often lovingly refer to the energy of the city. And as the day turns to night, that energy transforms from barely controlled chaos to merely bustling. This is Stephanie. We live in Manhattan on the Upper East Side. Stephanie lives with her husband in a small one-bedroom apartment on the 21st floor with a lovely view of the East River. They've lived in the neighborhood for over 40 years. And while she talks about loving the energy of the city... It's New York. We have to deal with a lot of traffic, a lot of um, sirens, a a lot of everything. 
that a lot of everything is one of the main features of New York. It contributes to that alluring energy. But this same intensity can be exhausting in the context of daily life. Between jam-packed subways and buses, crowds on the street, and general overstimulation, by the end of a workday, many New Yorkers return home in the evening yearning to retreat from the masses. And while New York is not necessarily the easiest place to live, it is known as the city that never sleeps, and a place where you can pretty much find anything at almost any time. That includes a seemingly endless array of restaurants that supply the luxury of dinner delivered to your door. My perception is that a lot of people in Manhattan order in. I don't know about the outer boroughs. I don't know if it's as available for delivery. But um, in Manhattan, you see the delivery guys out in the evening, scooting all around. Convenience doesn't come cheap, though. The transition from day to night, when people start most of their food ordering, coincides with a daunting ritual in any city, rush hour. Rush hour in New York is on steroids. That is a busy time of night for people coming home from work or going to theater or going to dinner or or what have you. And um, so in general, it is a hectic time. We have a lot of cars and trucks and buses and turning in every way. There's something else that happens during rush hour that's distinctive to New York City and which adds another layer to the chaos. I would say from the time the sun starts to set, um, maybe in the winter a little bit later, so probably around 5, 30, 6 o'clock until maybe 9, 9.30, the streets are full of delivery guys on bicycles. Well, it's a really good thing to have because particularly if it's really nasty out and you haven't prepared um, something to cook in, or if you're not feeling well and you need to call up and they can deliver chicken soup or you can just get a cup of coffee. Stephanie, though, like many New Yorkers, has mixed feelings about this nightly surge of guys on bikes delivering food. It gets a little scary at times. They don't always go in the direction the traffic is supposed to go and they don't always stop for people. Just about everybody I know, if you mention traffic at that time and the delivery guys will always come up. It's a pretty much well-noted situation. While the situation may be well-known, that often can't be said for the people doing the delivering. Mostly men and often immigrants, the guys who race through the city streets with plastic bags hanging from handlebars are seldom given more than a passing glance. My name is Cesar. I'm a delivery guy. I'm working in this place for... I'm doing deliveries for the last four years and and I feel good. I think it's a good job. You know, you do cardio, exercise, so it's great. I like it. I'm 31 years old. I'm from Mexico. The name of the city is Puebla. All my family is in there. I live in here in New York with my with my brother. Almost six years. Caesar delivers food from one of the neighborhood restaurants on the Upper East Side that Stephanie orders from regularly. I actually don't know if Stephanie and Caesar know each other. The restaurant employs several delivery guys since they do so much takeout business. Oh yeah, that place is wow. The Upper East Side, it's crazy. Second Avenue, First Avenue, Third Avenue, many many people, many delivery guys. The restaurant, 
It's uh, burgers, you know, salads, uh, American food with Greek, American Greek food. But this is a, a, a busy place. It's 24-7, so all the time it's busy. Especially like 6 to 9, it's very, very busy. For example, now in winter time, like 35, 40 deliveries. It depends. We are in 81st Street, so we're going to 92nd, and then we're going to 72nd. We are on First Avenue, we're going to East End and Fifth Avenue. We use a basket and uh, one bag to, to put in the food in there, to don't get cold. It's going to this, uh, the same way, going up, we take like three or four deliveries. Sometimes you take the first one going down and the rest is going up, so you have to take only one. You can take the, the rest. I have two jobs. In the morning I work in another place. I start at, at 8 to 4 and then I take a, a break for like one hour and then I go to the other place to do the, to do the same thing for like five hours maybe. And Sundays I'm off. I used to be a truck driver. Uh, and I used to work in the kitchen but it's too hard. You never stop over there. And I try to compare how much you make working as a cook and how much you may you earn as a as a delivery and it's the same and in delivery it's it's easy job. I try to do other things but there's the pay is not good and in here some people say wow how you can do that from now in winter time it's crazy it's freezing outside in summertime it's so freaking hot so people say how you can do that but I prefer now I'm working in there for like almost four years. The people is the same who order uh, the food. All the time it's the same. So they, they know me and I know them. Now they are, we are friends. Hey, how are you, Cesar? How are you doing? With over a million and a half people on the island of Manhattan alone, it's comforting to see familiar faces and to exchange pleasantries, if only for a rushed moment. On his dinner deliveries, the regulars are his friends. There's a brief connection but they're separated by their rhythm and the circumstances of their lives. As night falls, Caesar is in the middle of his workday, while his customers are winding down their day. They meet for an instant when he's handing them a bag of food at their door, but they likely wouldn't even notice each other if they passed on the street. Okay, so they pull up with their bicycle in front of the building, and I'm not quite sure even where they put their bicycle there. You have to rush the bike all the time. <laughs> and then they come in, they tell the doorman what apartment they're going to. The doorman will ring us up on the phone and tell us that we have a delivery. And we say yes or no, send him up. And then he goes through the lobby to the service elevator. The difficult part is when you have to wait for the service elevator because it's only one for many guys, many delivery guys. So you have to wait for the... Um, for the guy who take to all of them, and then come everybody down, and then you go with the rest. And there's um, be- between the hours, I guess, of nine and and eight in the evening, we have someone available to go up in the service elevator with any deliveries that come. I don't like it. Yeah, it's crazy. Sometimes the le- service elevator is busy because they're taking all garbage, so you have to wait like 50 minutes, and you are collecting money. And then he gets to the floor, the porter or whoever is on the elevator at that time will wait for him um, while he gives us the food and then they go back and they take him down. 
Sometimes in the evenings at six, seven, it's crazy. We have to use just one elevator for many five delivery guys. And sometimes the doorman, he takes you to go upstairs and you have to wait until everybody finished. They stop the elevator and they say, hold on, hold on, I'm going to this guy. And then the other one, and then the other one, and then the other one. Oh my. They're not allowed to go by themselves. Not in our building. I don't know about other buildings. I suppose buildings that don't have service elevators, they send them right up through the front elevator. For delivery? Oh, sometimes the sometimes the people they go to the the store and they make a complaint. Oh, my food is cold. What is my food? What what is that? What is that? But they don't understand. We have to lose to spend like 10, 15 minutes in the on that elevator. And not every building has an elevator. I know those girls. They open every day, every day. So Caesar is always running to deliver food as fast as he can, and it's a lot of pressure because people want to get their dinner while it's hot and doesn't taste too much like the container it comes in. Caesar is battling rush hour traffic, waiting for elevators, walking up and down stairs, often with multiple deliveries. But the customers only notice how long it's been since they ordered. It's a delicate balance between speed and safety. In this context, traffic rules become secondary. Many people think we are uh, like a little crazy because we are all the times um, running, running, running. Well, they're doing that because they're in a hurry and the more places they go in a short time, the more tips they get. So I imagine that's where they get most of their livelihood from. But it feels like a menace because um, you really don't know where they're coming from and you're, it's dangerous. You know, if you step off a curb and then suddenly someone's whizzing past you or almost into you, sometimes they don't even go in the street. There are numerous occasions where they're up on the sidewalk because they're going to be delivering to a particular building, so they come whizzing by you on the sidewalk. I try to don't do that, but yeah, sometimes I have. If it's, if it's no people in there, yeah, I'm trying to be careful with the, with the people. If I saw people, they 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 coming or they uh, they going, I'm trying to go slow. Sometimes we take the side of the wall, but look in here, it's quiet, no people. But sometimes, no people. I try to follow the rules, but I, I'm telling you, okay, it's it's sometimes you can. 
you have to to watch through the people the cars and then cross it because you're busy you don't rush time you just get this feeling like oh my god it's a good thing that i didn't wave my arm or move over because i would have been flattened i haven't actually witnessed anybody getting hit but i've certainly heard enough people screaming at them or screaming wrong way or um watch it they have the pass and you have to cross like it's red line so you have to cross it because I'm, I'm telling you you're too busy you, you you don't have time to stop and okay people gonna cross so i'm have to wait no you have to run you try to fill the rules but it's sometimes it's impossible you have to run 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 just run we try and sometimes we think about uh the police maybe is behind us you know the most of the time they checking you know what are you doing and Sometimes uh, uh, that happened to me around here. I were, I crossed the red line too, and in the third one, they they stopped to me and they, you know what you did. I'm like, I'm sorry. Um, I have had a fantasy over the years. I'm a little ashamed to say of shoving them off their bicycles, or if I had an umbrella, I'd stick it in the spokes because it's so annoying to have them like just riding in all directions and. Uh, they don't just don't stop always at the lights. They don't follow the bicycle rules. So um, it can get a little nerve-wracking because you're dealing with the regular traffic of the cars and the people, and then you have the delivery guys scooting around the corners. Especially the, uh, the guys who use an electric bike, it's so dangerous. They come on the wrong way, and you're going up, following the rule. That's why the, the people make many complaints to the police, because it's dangerous. The most of them, they don't respect, and they go so fast, so fast. Especially Second Avenue, they, they go like crazy. And it's good, because they, they, maybe they make a little more, more money, more tips, but it's dangerous. I've actually grabbed people to stop them from being possibly hit. That could be pretty scary for the other person. <laughs> but, you know, somebody's got to do it. So Caesar gets it. No one wants to be run over by a bike on the sidewalk or get hit crossing the street. But it's sort of a maddening catch-22. When they're at home, they, they, they think it's, oh, man, it's good. But when they're walking on the street, they say, hey, you're crazy. Why are you going for the fucking red light? Something like that, you know? But when they're right at home, they take the phone and they call, oh, I need a delivery. Oh, they're okay. But when you find them on the street, it doesn't make sense. What happened? We have to run if we want to make some money. Because if you don't run, it's, I don't know. Caesar notices some other inconsistencies, or even double standards, when it comes to following the rules. Especially the people, they, right now, they they going walking, and they're using the back line, they texting, they, and they don't watch who's in the back, and then they start to make a complaint too, but the problem is them. They're busy in their cell phones, you know, they don't watch what, what they're doing. Jaywalking in New York is a very common occurrence. Um, it seems to be generally accepted. People just walk out, and they don't often look where they're walking. Um, many times you'll see someone just walking across the street on their cell phone, texting or whatnot, just looking at it, not even paying attention. Do you ever jaywalk? I do. <laughs> I do it all the time, uh, but I try to make point of looking to see that there's no traffic or there's a traffic lag that um, 
I will get across the street without hurting anyone or anybody else being inconvenienced. But I don't just jump out in the middle of the street. Um, sometimes what I'll do is I'll stand on the side of the street and they'll see me and they'll slow down. I always make a point of gesturing to them and saying thank you. And I am grateful that they've stopped. Now, why do you jaywalk? I jaywalk because the streets are long and um, I don't want to wait. Everything is very fast and furious in New York and oftentimes the, the wait is quite a bit. And in terms of the middle of the street, I don't do it that much, um, but I do do it. I feel personally that just for me, I pay attention to who's out there. If I don't see cars, then I walk. If I do see cars coming um, and I feel that it's going to hurt them in some way or put them in some kind of danger, I won't walk. Whereas the delivery guys just seem to be flying past in all directions and we don't get any kind of warning that they're coming. And even if they come racing up behind us on a sidewalk, you don't always know. And so you might step out in another direction or, or lean over to pick something up and you just don't know what's going to happen. Stephanie and Caesar agree, though. Well, I'd like to see that all the delivery guys are wearing the appropriate clothing so that you can see them and that they have appropriate lights and perhaps a, a bell or a horn. I'm wearing everything. I have lights, my, my homelet. Um, some people, they don't like to use that, and then they, they get accidents, but the problem is they don't like to wear all those things. We need to use that, especially at night. It's, it's crazy and it's dangerous. Mostly, I would like them to ride as a car would ride and follow the rules of the road. And if they are going to come onto the sidewalk, that they stop at the curb and walk their bicycles to the actual door of the apartment building so that nobody gets surprised that there's someone else on the sidewalk that's going to run you down. And would you be willing to sacrifice some of the hotness of the food if they took an extra 10 minutes because they're following all those rules? I suppose so. Um, we could always pop the food in the toaster oven to heat it up or microwave whatever it is you have. But, I mean, I would certainly prefer that people are not getting hit by bicycles. So um, I guess so. For all of the talk about bike delivery guys being a menace, less talked about are the dangers to them, especially at night when they're less easily seen. Helmets, bike lights, and bells are hugely important, but it's a risky job even with all those things. When it's raining, it's okay, but when it's uh, snowing, it's, it's so dangerous. Everything is frozen, so your bike is not working, your brakes are not working, so... That's why we don't use the bikes when it's snow. It's cold, but I, I have a good jacket, a good coat, so it's okay. Boots, uh, gloves, everything is good. But when it's, uh, it's snow and it's crazy because you can use your bike. We're going to take York and, and then we're going to take East End and we don't have a bike line, so it's, it's dangerous. When there aren't any bike lanes, Caesar is riding right in the middle of cars and trucks. It's difficult, you know, many cars and the drivers, they don't respect us, so sometimes yeah, I feel scared. 
once I went with my back on delivery and then uh, the driver uh, he stopped on the other side and then the customer opened the door and then I fall down. They never watch. They use opening like they are the owners of the street. I don't know. The other guys who were walking in around there, they called to the police and the ambulance. That was crazy. In that moment, the customer or the driver, uh, they, they, she asked to me if I'm okay. I was so angry. And I just say to her, next time, please watch what are you doing. The next day, uh, when, when I woke up, uh, I saw my, my, my hand uh, blue. And I was scared, like, oh, shoot, what's going on? And I went to the hospital, and they told me, it's okay, don't worry. But the drivers, sometimes they think it's only a bike, but it's not. It's one life. Come on, guys. Especially the, the taxi drivers, they are crazy. In addition to the physical dangers of the job, sometimes food is taken from the bicycles during deliveries, and even the bikes themselves get stolen. Yes, like three times happened to me. Sometimes I take my the subway on 86th Street, so I live over there. So the next time I come, and what, what is my fucking bike? Somebody stole him. Yeah. While Caesar is racing from building to building, trying not to get hit by a car or get his bike stolen, the contrast between his life and that of his customers is not lost on him. When you go, for example, just cross the street or going upstairs of that building, dormants, they say, "Where are you from? I'm from the uh, the diner. He's downstairs." And they say, I don't get it. They're living here. You say, have to cross the street and go to pick up the food. That's it. But maybe they come from work, so they're so tired or something like that. Maybe. I think they have a lot of money because the food is uh, it's expensive over there. The dormants, they all the time say to us, they say, I don't understand why they, they pay like $50,000 for the kitchen and they don't use it. They call for delivery. So that's, I think they, they have a lot of money. Caesar and the other delivery guys work mostly for tips, and that's unpredictable, whether the order's from the same building as the restaurant or 20 blocks away. The building what is uh, the restaurant, it's a big one, it's I think 36th floor. They order from there. They don't want to go to pick up the food, just they, they order and we go. But it's crazy because sometimes you go upstairs and they give to you like maybe $5. Just some of them, the rest of them, they don't, they don't care. Even it's raining or it's snowing, it's hot, they, they all the time give to you $2. Sometimes it's just $1. Even you have to go upstairs for like four feet flat, they don't, they don't care. Despite the difficulties of the work, Caesar's pretty happy doing bike deliveries, for now. I feel good. I like it. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but I, I don't want to be a delivery guy for the rest of my life, so... I want to try to do something else. My, my brother, he works in a construction, so he told me something about it. The pay is good, but it's construction, so it's so hard. Caesar is looking to the future for when he's ready to move on from delivering food. I want to start a school next, next Monday. I want to start to study English. There are two hours a day, Monday to Thursday, because I speak, but it's difficult to, to write. Ah, it's so hard. I'm trying, but it's so difficult. It's not easy. Yeah, I want to go to to learn the real English. So while Caesar improves his English and thinks about what he wants to do next, he'll stick with deliveries. He mostly likes the work and the people, and the tips are pretty good. There's just one thing he wishes were different. 
some people they don't care if it's raining and it's snowing it's the, it's the same they don't worry about it the most of them they just uh, take the food and that's it thank you and they close it off they slap the door like, oh shit okay I'm busy to see you later <laughs> that's it and of course some of them they are very nice but some of them they they don't care so maybe no more tip but maybe they can be a little more nicely for example if it's cold right now some of them when you go to to the delivery to them oh how are you it's so freezing outside uh, thank you so much for bringing my food stay warm be careful do you feel so good when people reacting like that you know they say thanks so much for bringing my food it's, it's so nice they are out in the rain they're out in the snow so um, when we don't want to go out they're going out I wouldn't want to do it and we thank them for that You've been listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. Nocturne is produced by me and was created by myself and Kent Sparling, who also composed the theme music. Joel Shupak was associate producer for this episode. Nocturne is distributed by KCRW. Our senior editor there is Nick White. Nocturne also received support from KCRW's Independent Producer Project, which is managed by Kristen Lepore. Robin Galante creates our beautiful art, and Eric Peterson is our webmaster. You can find information about the show, including music credits, episode art, and more, at nocturnpodcast.org. You can now also find us at kcrw.com under podcasts. Nocturne is produced monthly. We have some great stories coming up involving owls, shamans, fairies, poets, the Virgin Mary, and mischievous artists. Subscribe to Nocturne on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts to make sure you get new episodes right when they come out. Thanks for listening.